One thing to consider, overall pretty funny, but sometimes you don't think about the other people that might be affected by your silliness. Still glad I pulled it off. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Almost 10 minutes after 8 on this Monday morning, Wisconsin's Morning News. Eric's up north. He's in Minocqua, or thereabouts. We'll be making his way home today. We'll be back tomorrow. Greg Pancake Hill is always producing the program. Vince Vetrano here and Steve Scafidi joining me a little bit early before he takes the reins all by himself. No, Carol's in today, right? Carol's in today. At 9 o'clock. Four hours of me. It's a lot of me. My wife will tell you that's a lot of me. <laughs> it is a lot that's of you. That's too much me, really. That's to be right. honest. Always good to have you over Always there. fun to be here. Uh, story out of your neck of the woods, Oak Creek. What do we do now? What do we do now, morning? Vince? Uh, this is funny. I, I like it. A number of people have already expressed some frustrations, but mostly it's all positive. The Brewers were on the road this weekend. And yet, Steve, there was still a home run at American Family Field. So mm. Oak Creek High School had their graduation, the commencement ceremony, because school wrapped up a little while ago. But a number of the bigger schools have been doing this. They've been hosting graduations off-site, and in particular at American Family Field. And that way, I mean, Oak Creek's a huge school. What do they got? At least 2,000, right? Yeah, that's probably closer to 3,000. Yeah, and, right. and they've been doing this at the uh, American Family Field, formerly Miller Park, for at least a dozen years. So there's graduation there, and uh, one of the graduates... Took a victory lap upon receiving his diploma. Mm. Midway through this, the handing out of the diplomas, a young male or female. <laughs> okay, <laughs> only a dude would do this. <laughs> uh, after receiving their diploma, walked off the stage, hopped over the ropes, and proceeded to run the bases. <laughs> First, second, third, and home. And, and the reaction was? Almost standing ovation. <laughs> Unanimous standing ovation from a sun-drenched 90-degree day in the crowd. So this is one of my golf buddies, Steve. We played golf yesterday, and afterwards guys are hanging out, and he starts telling this story. He had been at graduation because his niece was graduating. He's like, I got a graduation story for you. And I'm like, how can you? Graduation, not real exciting, right? Unless it's your kid up there. Even the kids sometimes don't want to go. Away. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it was. I heard from some people because I have a lot of friends that are still in Oak Creek, obviously, and I'm in Oak Creek. That it was like a sauna in there. Yeah, yeah, it's hot, right? So this is Saturday, but he's telling this story after a round. He's like, and he was so worried. He did not want to blow this young person up. He's like, I don't, I don't want any backlash. I don't want this. This didn't come from me. Just whatever. I just want to tell this story of what he witnessed, and that's what he's talking about. Is this guy who hopped the hopped the rope line there and ran the bases? But he wouldn't even tell me who it was. Now, here's some sound from video that I did obtain of that moment. Ryan Nuss. No, he didn't. Isaac, he just ran the bases. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So if I didn't know who it was, how did I get the video, Steve? Mm. Did some little journalistic work. It's nice. On a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> nice job, you. Well, it's not that I didn't believe my buddy, but I just wanted to confirm, like, who else saw this? Like, what... Was it exactly as he remembers, things like that? I don't like to just come on here and just, I, so I, I heard this from somebody once. I heard the story sort of back channels, and both of the school board members who I heard it from, and I can see who they were, um, downplayed it. Yeah, right? Here's what's going to happen. Real, real time, nothing's going to happen to the kid. Next year, there'll be about four security <laughs> guys on the other side of the right. stage because they face the crowd. Yeah. 
with jackets on and say, you know, really easy to read security, and they're going to stand there. So now you just had four more people get hired by the Brewers for that day. This will never happen again. Yes. Uh, the young man's name is Isaac Neal. Uh, I got that video, as I said, I was working to obtain it. I reached out to a friend who has an Oak Creek graduate this year. And I'm like, hey, I heard from one of my buddies that this went down at graduation. I'm just curious. Did you see it? Do you know anything about it? And uh, that's how I got the video. She sent me that video. You know how she had the video? That was her kid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances that that so was what, what do you th- what do you think of this? Right. What do you think of this behavior? Well, let me tell you a little bit more about the reaction here that I got. It was well-received by... Just about everyone. He was escorted down past the visitor's dugout and uh, asked to sit quietly in a old brown aluminum chair. Was he like in timeout? Or? He was in timeout. <laughs> Fif- 10, 15 minutes of timeout. And then what? Yeah, and then what? So apparently there was, uh, actually I was told it was an Oak Creek police officer there to just, you know, keep order and adjust in case and mm-hmm. whatever. And the officer sort Probably of... Probably an SRO, I would es- imagine. Right. Escorted him over, had him take a seat. He later joined his classmates. I'm told there there could be a citation, Steve, mm. and I don't mean an award. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> could Could be a ticket. And uh, that might actually end up coming from Milwaukee police because they have jurisdiction over that. Uh, this is what I got. I actually... Young Isaac has released a statement to me. Really? No. I just said, well, what did he think about it? And his mom said, this is what he said. I decided I'd only be able to do this once. And whatever the punishment, it would be worth it. So, yes, he did think, "Ah, I'll probably get in trouble for this. I'm going to go ahead and own it. They obviously will know it's me. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to deny it. And I'll just take it, whatever. I am told, again, in addition to the citation that may or may not be forthcoming, that he didn't even let him keep his diploma. Yeah, I think he's good on that one. He has to go by school today and meet with some folks who are probably going to slap him around a little bit and say, hey. Well, he's done with his high school, so yeah, right. big deal. He did graduate. Uh, as far as the crowd reaction? Worth it? 100% worth it. The, com- the community will pay the ticket. <laughs> they can never take that away from him. They will never, never. You know what? This is, this is one of those moments that will go down in history. This class will never forget it. They'll look back at 2023, and there's one thing they'll remember about graduation when such and such hopped the rope line and hey, ran dude, the bases. remember that time you ran the bases at graduation? 100%. 100%. The interesting thing about this to me is the school has to ask the Brewers to be able to do this. Brewers could say, and they, they've had a long-standing, they were one of the first schools to do this, because, again, one of the largest schools, I think top 10 school district in the state for students, somewhere around top 10, top 15. Brewers say, eh, we don't really like the fact that this happened on our home field. Yeah, We'll take a pass. That's that's what could happen. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Sure. That's what could happen. The kid had his day, had his moment. Every, every class has one of these things, whether it's a girl dancing across the stage or somebody celebrating wildly on stage getting it's kind of the rites of passage yeah somebody's gonna do that it can't be everyone right so if you're that young person you have to know like i'm the one who's gonna pull this off i'll deal with the consequences whatever they may be but right you can't have every third kid pulling a stunt yeah which i guess (laughs) is the kind of the the worry right it becomes a you know a show instead of a you know what should be a pretty serious thing you know i guess serious is is an overstatement but a solemn occasion right you're graduating from one part of your life to the next 
to adulthood. I got another text on this. A guy says, uh, the Brewers should let this happen every year. And also on the old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. Not the first person to do this. Happened during my son's graduation in 2003. So, again, like Steve said, things, whether it be... You know, right, the dance across the stage or something like that. I, I do think it's interesting. I, mean, I, I I know his family, and he's he's a good, what you would call a good kid. Yeah, right? no he's, doubt. Yeah, uh, Super smart. Uh, he's in band. He's in multiple sports. Like, everybody likes him. So if there was someone who was going to be that person and kind of get away with it, not necessarily totally get away with it, but, like, that people would say, like, yep, that's dude. In fact, even... Even our friends, like you can almost hear it in mom's voice there as he's doing it and she's recording it. Kind of like, I'm surprised, but not. <laughs> That's my kid. Is he, I don't know if he's a, is he a class clown type. Yeah, I have I th- no idea. I think he's funny. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's like the cut up in class kind of guy. But right. So did that, owned it. I, she did. She did mention that as a, as a mom, she was concerned for other families who were having their graduates walk across at that time who might have had some of the shine of that moment. Not focused on their student, but on somebody else who is pulling his trick. Yeah, and maybe for the Brewers, it's a wake-up call that security is not just going to be game day. It's going to be graduations. It's going to be all that stuff. And what would have made it even more interesting if like, they would have had security and they would have done the full blindside tackle on the kid? Now, how would that right. have been reacted to? Yeah, and I think you wouldn't you wouldn't do that in a situation like that because you don't have a ball game going on. You don't have player safety at, at stake or anything like that. I definitely would have thought that's an overreaction. <laughs> yeah, All right, you think? come on over here. You pulled your stunt. Let's go here right. and sit you in the folding chair. What if they chair, removed them from the stadium? As they did. I, I mean, it would have been their right. And I, like I said, I know the young man, so he would have been like, All right, if that was my punishment, that was my punishment. Uh, give a couple more texts on this. That kid should have done it right by sliding into home. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me see. This is epic. The most perfect prank ever. No one was hurt. Nothing got damaged. Everyone loved it. Perhaps the police and the brewers should pull the baseball bats out of their... I won't read that part. I don't know the brewers. I haven't heard anything from the brewers. And I think that it can't be without consequence. Because like I said, you can't you can't have everybody doing that. But this this guy knew that it was him and he was going to go for it. Look at the... You know, I, It's been a while since I graduated high school, but the things that were like outlandish back then are nothing now. You know, wearing sandals during graduation, that kind of stuff was not done. You were, you were formally dressed often underneath your gowns. Yeah. And now that's, yeah, nobody does that. Gown flowing, he was running, he was like yeah. hanging onto his hat as he was whipping around the bases. Everything's changed. So when you normalize this kind of, again, it's a one of. For me, I, right. I could care less. But when you normalize that, don't be surprised if, if more and more kids do these things. And then that, Three-hour graduation or whatever it was becomes a five-hour extravaganza. If you want to see it, it is up on my social media pages, or you can just text the word GRAD to the Old National Bank talk and text line GRAD to 855-616-1620, and we'll send you the link. Coming up, I'll tell you about something. Somebody texted and said they uh, seems like Vinny was that kid in high school. I wasn't in high school, but I pulled something in adulthood That was mostly funny, although I'll share my couple of regrets with you next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Okay, two things first before you tell me my story. First, stop texting the word Brad (laughs) to the old National Bank talk and text line. (laughs) The word you need to text is Grad, G-R-A-D. How did they not figure that out? It's like four or five here. Come on. 
The word is grad, G-R-A-D, to 855-616-1620 if you want to see the video. Of, hey, were uh, you at graduation? <laughs> right. You want to see the video of the young man taking a victory lap around the bases at American Family Field when Oak Creek High School had its graduation. Um, second one was, uh, I told you I had a story about something that I pulled off that I still to this day believe was mostly funny, although... I did have a couple of regrets, and one guy texted in, and he said, yeah, I would have gone up to Billy D. Williams, too. Not that story. I heard that story. <laughs> Different yeah. story. Yeah. So this story, Steve, you know, the, have you heard the Chopper story? No. You must have heard the Chopper no, I story. I never have, no. It was in the paper. <laughs> I was, must have been out of town. because I Not <laughs> something you want to be I, in the paper for. No. I was probably like 30, 30 plus years old. I've been at TMJ4 for five or six years, and... I landed the helicopter on a ball field so that I could make first pitch for our softball game. Wait, so you're working in the helicopter? That is correct. And you wanted to make... <laughs> Man. <laughs> that is correct. Did they make you pay for that? See, like, this is about the conversation I had with my boss at the time, who was, like, oh. so stunned that uh, of the words that were coming out of my mouth. Yeah, so well, I was a boss up. for many years, so I, yes. I, would have, I would agree with him. So... It was we had a 6:15 first pitch for our TMJ4 softball team, and it was at this small park near Wauwatosa, you know where St. Anthony's is off of yeah, 76th yeah, Street. Yeah. Uh, Pius High School is back there. There's mm-hmm. a city field in there where we would play our softball games. Plenty of room for a helicopter to land. Indeed, there was Steve. Yes. <laughs> so we have a 6:15 start. I bat lead off for the TMJ4 team, and I was to do a live shot in the helicopter at six o'clock. And I say kind of half-heartedly because, look, it was a TMJ4 softball team, but the news is the news, and your job is your job. And so if I could find a producer who was agreeable to my plight, I would be like, hey, would really appreciate if I didn't have to do a live shot at 6 so that I can be in place for our softball game. Well, as they figured it out, they, they, were not list- they weren't trying to hear that. So she wanted me live in the helicopter, the producer did, over the Summerfest grounds. It was a parking story somehow related to Summerfest, about this time of year. It's like, I need, you, I need you to be live in the helicopter at 6. And I say to her, well, I can't do that. I have a softball team at 6.15. She wasn't trying to hear that. So I was scheduled for a 6 o'clock live shot over Summerfest. Now, the helicopter is based or was back in the day. TMJ4 doesn't have one anymore, but was based at Timmerman Field mm-hmm. on the edge of Wauwatosa, Milwaukee, and the west side. So you're making the on the way to the airport argument. So I'm thinking like, okay, if we go back and land, it's 6.15 by the time we touch down. Then I got to get in my car. Then I, drive. I pre- basically missed the game. Right. Not interested in missing the game. So I, I just asked, Steve. I asked the, the chopper pilot at the time because... If you watch the Friday Night Football coverage on TMJ4, they used to land the helicopter at one of the high schools yeah. every year mm-hmm. or every you know every game, every Friday. And then the crew would get out and talk to kids and shoot the highlights and then back in the helicopter and they'd go. Do this. So there's precedent for this. Mm, sort of. <laughs> and it starts with it's not illegal to do. As long as it's done with all the safety protocols in place, no. So, okay, so I, I call up the pilot. I say, look, this is this is what I've got going here. I got the 615 start. Do you think there's anywhere near this place where we could put this thing down and you drop me off? And he says, yeah, we can do that. He goes, I'll notify the local police precinct. It's city of Milwaukee. So I can't remember which district that was, but I said, I'll talk to them. I'm going to let them know so they don't think there's an aircraft down or anything like that. And yeah, if we can find a spot where there's nobody around and it's and I can put it down, I'm going to put it down. So we do. We're coming over. The team has already like taken the field for warm-ups. And we come over the hedges there. <laughs> Chopper 4 is coming in. And I could see guys looking because it's flying obviously very low in this city park. 
And they're like, no. Like that's guys not, were shaking their heads. That's not for Toronto. The helicopter touches down. I open the door and I come flying out. I got shorts and cleats on underneath my dress shirt and tie, which was what I was wearing up in the chopper. And I come flying out and guys are going nuts and I come running out on the field. Ah! Off we went. Best entrance ever. Hmm. We actually got smoked in the game. We got beat bad by Channel 12. So I'm just curious. From the from a manager perspective, which which I used to be for for many years, what was the what was it a written something that came and said, Vince, we probably don't think this is a good idea. What was it a reprimand? What was it? So what had happened was someone who lives in the neighborhood called. I was good, like it was we. I got away with it, but someone who lived in the neighborhood had called and complained, and she mm. was concerned about it, and got like the one guy in the office that she could not get, and he sends an he, he didn't know anything about it, but sends an email to. The managers group that goes to not just TMJ4, not just Milwaukee, all the managers and journal communications at the time. Does anyone know anything about this? We received a complaint. So as I'm walking in, there's my old boss, Bill Barra, and he's like, I need to talk to you. (laughs) Like, okay. He says, did we land the helicopter in a city park? I said, we did. He goes, why? Why did we do that? Like And so I told him, just like I told you standing here, I'm like, well, 6.15 start, I bat leadoff. You know, there was no way I was going to make it back back to the airport. I think he was so stunned that I told him the truth and didn't try to cover in any way. Wow. So, yes, in terms of reprimands, there were, you know, various things that, that went on, and I don't need to get into that, but he was mad. And he let me have it. He let me have it on a number of occasions because there were several other meetings after that. And also that meeting ended with, you know, we can never do this again, right? Like, okay, cool. I promised you a couple regrets from that because you're chuckling. Most people laughed about it. The Journal Sentinel wrote it up. Spivak and Bice did a thing out of it. These guys bring down politicians. I got to go look that stuff up. Right. It made ESPN's top 10 list. Ooh. It was number seven on that list. With for video? Weeks. No video. There oh, was no video. You're lucky. I am lucky because that would have followed me around. I think that would have had a different result. So in terms of something that was mostly funny and was intended to be, and I just like the guy we were talking about before, the high schooler who hopped the rope and ran the bases, I was fully expecting if I was going to get in trouble, all right, I'll get in trouble. I'll, I'll take responsibility for it and whatever. If they suspend me for a day or whatever they want to do to me, I'll take it. Okay, that was my mindset going in. What I hadn't considered, Steve, and you mentioned you manage people, was what a pain in the butt it was for a whole lot of other people. Mm-hmm. They ended up in meetings. My boss got yelled at by somebody, and his boss got yelled at by somebody. There were a lot of bosses who had to go to meetings and talk about protocols, and it made other people look bad. And I do, if I look back on that, I think I'm still mostly glad I pulled it off, but I didn't intend for those other people to get pulled into my thing. So I was willing to accept responsibility for what I did, but it did affect other people. And that's a great way to end, end the conversation about how we started, because right. that there are going to be meetings, trust me, about what happened at the, the ball field right. on the gra- at the graduation ceremony. There and will it, be. And I'm Brewers sure that's and Oak Creek. Not the way the principal, not the way the athletic director, or other people at the school wanted to spend their Monday post-graduation dealing with that. And I I'm, I'm think he's probably pretty well aware of that. But one thing to consider, overall pretty funny, but sometimes you don't think about the other people that might be affected by your silliness. Still glad I pulled it off. 8.31 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
WTMJ's Mike Spaulding has the bottom of the hour news. Mike, you are tired today. Mike made a big mistake, Steve. Agreed to pick someone up at O'Hare. I tried to be a good person. In the evening. Backfired. What on time? a day when he had to come in early. Like what time? The original flight was supposed to arrive at 545 ah, ah, at O'Hare. Oh, my goodness. Which even at that, Mike, would have been late. 545 yeah, it gets in, 6 o'clock-ish, uh-huh. we're at the... So what was the luggage carousel? I can tell you that at 10 o'clock last night, I was <laughs> oh. sitting in the commuter parking lot of O'Hare Airport. Time spent waiting for somebody on a late flight is like the most unproductive time you'll ever spend. Well, we at least knew ahead of time that the flight kept getting delayed. So at least she wasn't on the plane and then you lose service on your cell and you can't tell anyone. So we knew when we were watching it, but it just kept getting later. There was a problem with the plane at uh, JFK, got off, got onto a new plane, couldn't find a pilot, had to get off that plane, got onto a new plane, then they had to sit there for, it's the airline, so who knows why, finally got up in the air. As a guy who used to travel like 30 times a year, I cannot stand O'Hare. I fly out of there when I have to, I cannot stand the air. You know what, give O'Hare props though, the signage for being late at night, I was already mad. Was fantastic. There. I know there was no sense of panic. Well, it was Sunday night. You knew where the lots were. You knew where the commuter lot was, and all okay. that stuff. It was Great. perfect. So you know what? It went as smooth as possible. Glad you had an otherwise pleasant trip. Yeah. To, take to a nap this Mike. afternoon. Thanks for coming in. Thanks. Find, find an empty room. Yeah, yeah. Nap. I'll give that a shot. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. Eric's back tomorrow. Steve Scafidi in with me, Vince Vetrano, here until 9 o'clock. Happy to be here, Vince. Did you watch some of this Russia stuff like playing out in real time? It was fascinating. Saturday morning, I was glued to the TV. All the networks were pumped up. They thought this was the changing of the guard in, in Russia. Yes, right? Oh, yeah. Fall of Saddam Hussein. We had live the, reports from all the over the globe. The wall is coming down yeah. in Berlin. And then I went away. Just like that. There's trucks rolling to Moscow, and then it went away. So to set this up, my 15-year-old daughter asked the most important question of the weekend. As I was explaining to her, we were out and about, and she's in the car, and she likes to listen to music, obviously, in the car. And I had some news talk on. I think we were listening to CNN on the on the satellite and some other things. And I'm like, I just, I just need an update on this. And she's like, wait, what's happening? And so I explained to her what's going on. I said, well, there's this guy and this military guy, and they're— you know, Vladimir Putin has fled Moscow and they're approaching the capital. And then she asked, so is this a good thing? I said, wow, what a profound question. Because we don't know. Because we don't know. Could be the other guy and he could be worse than the guy we got. But let's get into it here a little bit. Extraordinary events that it could shift the balance of power in the global geopolitical landscape or maybe not. Amazing watching it. It was described as an, an attempted mutiny in Russia playing out over the weekend. You got this guy, leader of what they're calling a mercenary operation that had been friendly to Russian President Vladimir Putin. They're caravanning to Moscow. It seemed intent on overthrowing Putin. And then, as Steve mentioned, just all of a sudden not. The guy's name is Yevgeny Prigozhin. And this morning, we still don't know exactly where he is. Prigozhin and his troops took control of two Russian military hubs in the south. Russian media reported the downing of multiple helicopters and a military communications plane. Prigozhin's troops cheered by many Russians. But just 120 miles from Moscow, they turned back after a mysterious deal was reached. It's ABC's Justin Finch. So who is this guy, this Prigozhin, and, and what was this really? 
He starts leading the convoy, appears to be marching on Moscow, and then abruptly abandons those plans, now somewhere likely in neighboring Belarus. And ABC's Patrick Revel has a little bit more on Prigozhin. Just as everybody is pretty much starting to believe that Prigozhin might well enter Moscow, or at the very least, that we might start seeing gun battles on the edge of Moscow, this unthinkable thing, suddenly he releases another audio message saying that he's made the decision to turn around and that he doesn't want any bloodshed. And so he has ordered his forces back to base. And I think at that point, everyone was just sort of flabbergasted. So was it maybe never any of this? Or is the real story not at all what we're talking about? Well, I think it's a flex. This guy's a, a mercenary, right? Soldier for hire that they've they've recruited to assemble some pretty nasty ex-prisoners, convicts, you know, lowlifes into a group of men that, that are fighting in Ukraine in and around that area. And I think he was flexing here. The interesting thing that I took from the first piece of audio, they took down some helicopters. This wasn't just them moving in one direction. They were actually engaged with the Russian military. Yeah, so you had a mercen- Yeah, you had a mercenary force going to battle with one of the most powerful countries on the planet. Here's the thing about this deal, though. If I'm Prokosian, I'm never going to sleep well again in the rest of my life. There's no way any deal with Vladimir Putin is going to stand up. Putin was embarrassed by this. He has to be. right. His, his authority was challenged. His effort in Ukraine has been a disaster, public relations and militarily. So this add this to the mix. That's a trifecta of bad things happening for the leader of Russia. So whatever's happening here, it's not a good look. Where this goes... I don't know. This could be the beginning of something, or maybe it's it just goes away. But here's for precaution: he's going to go away at some point, in some fashion or another. That's my prediction. I just wonder if it's too convenient, Steve. And it, at least it looks it, it bears asking the question of: is there a whole other story that that we're not seeing here? Here's a guy. They're marching on Moscow. They're obviously going there. And what we're supposed to believe that then he got cold feet as he came through and Putin made him a deal he couldn't refuse. Look, don't worry. You can leave. And I won't do anything to you. And what he was going to buy that for all the reasons that you just said, like it just seems to set up too suspiciously. They always say simplest explanation is usually the right one. So maybe that is what happened. I'm just wondering if this is some sort of deep fake here. Hmm. Right. These guys were allies before Putin and Prigozhin. They worked together. Putin, for all for all of his faults, is no dummy, right? You have to think this guy has survived doing what he's done for how long? Both of these guys know what they're doing. For this military leader, this Prigozhin, to so vastly miscalculate his chances, or to have not previously thought of what happens when I get there. That doesn't that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. Right? You know, the interesting thing about this is a lot of people assuming that somehow life under Prokosian or whatever that would be would be better than the current climate. Back to my daughter's question. Is this no, a good thing? Yeah, I don't think so, because I'd rather have a stable Russia, whatever that is, versus an unstable Russia, which, by the way, has a lot of nuclear weapons and a lot of assets that they could employ if things are hitting the fan. So. I think, you know, slow roll your excitement about this. The news piece was this typically doesn't happen in Russia or, or the Soviet Union previously. That's the news part. How it shakes out, no one has any idea what this means. Like your daughter said, you know, ultimately, is this a good thing or a bad thing? We don't know because we don't know where this is going to go. Steve raised the important nuclear question. I've got some more information on that from NATO coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News.
was all happening while this was happening in Russia. We're told President Biden was in contact with leaders of NATO nations as there was word of a mutiny. Russian President Vladimir Putin had fled Moscow. This mercenary leader of the Wagner Group is caravanning to the capital city with intent to, it appeared, perhaps overthrow the government. Secretary General of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, talking about the global impact on what all played out this weekend. The events over the weekend are an internal Russian matter. And yet another demonstration of the big strategic mistake uh, that President Putin made. So biggest concern to the rest of the planet, though, as Steve mentioned earlier, what about the nukes? Russia, the world's second nuclear power, boasts a huge stockpile of nuclear weapons. Was the world in increased danger over the weekend? Are we in increased danger, perhaps even now in the wake of these developments? Uh, Secretary General Stoltenberg on that. We don't see any, in, any indication that Russia is preparing to use nuclear weapons, but NATO remains vigilant. Uh, as we should. That's the right answer. Because <laughs> right. we don't know. And, you know, the, the instability of a government as big and as powerful as Russia, to have somebody take over with access to incredible nuclear stockpiles who may or may not make great decisions with that stockpile, that should be concerning for everybody. So be careful what you cheer for. And as we know with everything now, everything's hyper-politicized. Whatever happens in the world comes back here. It becomes a talking point by both sides. I'd be little go light on the cheerleading part. Let's just see. It's an internal Russian right. issue right now. Let's go light on the cheerleading for for one side or the other. We don't know. Other thing that remains an open question is how does this impact the war in Ukraine, the Russian offensive, and whether or not this gives Ukraine now some sort of upper hand that uh, as troops were called back from the front to go protect the capital city of Moscow, does that open up an opportunity for Ukraine's counteroffensive to be more productive? Seems like military minds sort of disagree on the significance of that. Some saying it's not really that big a deal. It really won't have that much impact. Here's the problem for Ukraine. Any success stops at the Russian border. Russia is inside Ukraine. They have been for, what, a year? Their success, Ukraine's, is always going to be to that border and not beyond. Because if it goes beyond that, this is a much bigger, much more escalated military conflict. So I don't know what a victory for Ukraine looks like, but I'm not sure that that's even going to be stable in, in the long run. They, they're doing well, but shutting it down completely, I don't know if that's going to happen. Still wonder if there's a lot more to this. Oh, yeah. There's got to be. Than what appears. 8.54 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Covered a lot of ground today on Wisconsin's Morning News. Steve Scafidi takes over here at 9 o'clock. Carol Kane in the house with you as well today. Yeah, we're going to ask this question in that sometime in the 9 o'clock hour. The generational differences, changes in how we approach work. Workforce preferences. So some recent studies and stories that suggest millennials don't want to be factory workers, retail clerks, data, data, data entry operators. Is that real or imagined that a whole generation would say, we don't like those jobs? And then what do we do about it? Because last time I checked, we still have those jobs. And how do we remedy that? 
And some of those jobs, Steve, have changed over the years. I mean, like what what your generation, my generation, were, were told about what factory work was at the time. Not what we're talking about here. These are highly skilled positions. You have to have a lot of training for them. In some cases, they involve things like coding and robotics and all that stuff. Yeah, much so, different. It's not the grimy yeah. days of you know the 1950s or 40s. It's, it's They're clean places. I, I, I used to do some PR work for a couple manufacturers. You could eat off the floor of these places. That's how clean yep. they are. So that environment has changed. But I guess my question is, how do we deal with that this period of transition? Because we need workers. We already have low unemployment. We need people to show up. And as people my age are retiring, at least a lot of them, not me, <laughs> how, are we, how are we filling those jobs? We're counting the days I'm every not day. going anywhere, Vince. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.